0: Hey everyone, welcome back to But Why Though the Podcast, where we talk about the things in pop culture that people say matter and ask the question, But Why Though. Before we get started, we wanted to make sure to tell y'all to head on over to our Twitter and Instagram, at But Why PC, or our Facebook, facebook.com But Why That way you can send us your fan But Why Those. Why are you part of a fandom? Why does it matter to you? We want to know and we want to put it up on our website. But if you're looking to support us a little bit more, head over to our Patreon. There you'll get exclusive content, access to your research notes, and even episodes a day to two days early. And if you subscribe at the $3 level, you'll get some merch. But at the end of the day, we're happy just to have you here listening to us. So, share us with your friends, share us with your coworkers, share us with your Tinder dates. Just, you know, share us! And, uh, enjoy the show! I can
1: hear what you thinking All your doubts and fears if you look in my eye in time, you'll find the reason I'm here. And in time, all things shall pass away in time. You may come back.
0: Hey everyone, and welcome back. Today we're not talking about a hero, we're talking about an anti-hero. In fact, we're talking about a one-man army of vengeance. We're talking about the Punisher. As always, I'm your host, Kate, and I'm here with Adrian.
2: Hey, how's it going? And Matt. Hello.
0: So, guys, I figured to start this out, I just ask a little, you know, where do you know the Punisher from, and do you think we need anti-heroes?
1: Um, okay, I'll go start with this. I know the Punisher because obviously I've seen both of the movies that he was in that we'll probably discuss a little later. Um, part of the Daredevil season two, which they reprised his role um, on Netflix. I've also seen him in a few of the animated movies that they have. I believe with like Tetracom, Crom, Com with some of the most terrible animation I've ever seen. Usually with Iron Man, I think it's Iron Man, Black Widow and Punisher. But now I need to look up what the hell is. Is that the called. anime one? Yes.
0: Yeah, I like I like that anime one. It was like hyper anime. The, it does look weird though. The
1: the anime is awful.
0: He has like a 30 pack.
1: Yes. <laughs> um and do I think we need anti-heroes without going into this too much? Uh yes. I'd prefer if we all we had was anti-heroes for the most part.
2: Uh, so, I think my first introduction to the Punisher, I think, like, my uncle showed me the, like, the 1989 Punisher that, like, no one knows about, and it was, like...
0: With hot doll Lundgren?
2: Yeah, which, like, a super obscure and, like, I, yeah, I don't know. And I think that was, like, my first thing. I was, like, this, is, this movie sucks. <laughs> this guy's <laughs> dumb. <laughs> uh, but then I think, was it, like, the 2004 one or 2002, somewhere around there, like, the early 2000s Punisher? Yeah. Thomas Jane. Yeah. I really like that. I really like that one. And then he just popped up a bunch of like the comics and stuff as kind of like a. He's like my first introduction to anti heroes. I was like, is this guy a good guy? He's what is. What is this guy's deal? Like in terms of like in the in the scope of comic book stuff. And I, and I like it. I think it, it grounds the main characters, it grounds villains of a guy who's kind of in between. Because I think if real people were actual superheroes, a lot of them would be anti heroes. I don't think any one of them would be like Captain America style here. I think there'd be a much more middle ground. That's what I like about the Punisher, and his story's tragic, super tragic. Oh
0: God! And yeah.
2: if I had, if I had that same story, I would I would literally be like him. So I like more anti heroes. <laughs>
0: Um, so I first came into the Punisher because my like little circle, I think it was like the, my little circle of four friends in like elementary school. we all really liked comics. And one of the guys, um, his dad was also a comic book collector and he had the, the Punisher Max series, which is the adult series. So there was like sex and drugs and curse words, and we were in a Catholic school, and so he brought that to school one day, and that was the first time I saw The Punisher, and those books are pretty graphic on the violence. But it kind of intrigued me. I Then I saw him in like the animated stuff, so I saw him with Spider-Man and everything like that, and then the Thomas Jane movie, which I am going to really, really defend this episode because I know people hate it, but it's good. It's good. and i think ultimately like you two said we need anti-heroes nothing's black and white there's a whole bunch of gray and i agree with adrian that chances are if i was an if i was a hero or if i did any sort of vigilantism i'd be an anti-hero and i agree with matt that we need more of them and we need more well-written ones because you need to be able to buy both sides which I think sometimes either they have an arc that takes them too much one way or too much the other way, and you you lose who they are.
2: I agree. I can see that.
0: So I will be leading this episode. I don't have a good transition or what I am doing because I don't want to say I'm going to kill you guys because that just sounds terrible. So I'm just going to be not Frank Castle and be super nice
2: (laughs) just to balance out the tragedy. He's a nice guy, just has a tragic story. Nothing wrong with that.
0: This is true. So, um, the publication history is going to be just for Frank Castle. There have been other Punishers, and I'm not too concerned with them, honestly, because I think Frank Castle is the one you know, the one that has the best story behind him, and he's my favorite. So, we're going to go ahead and get into it. He was created by Jerry Conway and the legendary John Romita Sr. and Ross Andrew, and he made his first appearance in 1974. 1974 is The Amazing Spider-Man number 129, and that cover is insane. If you haven't seen it, go ahead and use your smartphone to Google it. It's a yellow cover, and it's Spider-Man in the crosshairs of a scope with the Punisher looking through the scope like he's gonna kill him and it's it's really cool it's really intense fun fact as we go through this the Punisher uses mercy bullets instead of real bullets whenever he's in crossovers yeah
2: I remember that yeah
0: (laughs) they try not to remember that (laughs) (laughs) they made it very very specific in other continuities that he was not in fact shooting these people (laughs) So the Punisher himself is pretty much a rarity when it comes to the big two. You don't have too many adults, like pure vigilante antiheroes being published outside of imprints. And if you don't know what an imprint is, an imprint is a... Difference is like a subsidiary owned by the main comic book company, so if you're familiar with any of the DC-verse, they probably have the, the best ones. You, DC is the main one, then you have little imprints like Milestone, Vertigo, stuff like that. Um, it's just like an off-brand thing, they usually ship the adult comics over there, just so you don't have little kids seeing it on new comic book day. So Stan Lee, who was editor-in-chief of Marvel at the time, has this to say about Punisher getting started. Jerry Conway was writing a script and he wanted a character that would turn out to be a hero later on and he came up with, a sa- with the name the assassin and I mentioned that I didn't think we could ever have a comic book where the hero would be called the assassin because there's just too much of a negative connotation to that word and I remembered that some time ago I had had a relatively unimportant character who was one of the cosmic antagonist Galactus's robots, and I had called him the Punisher, and it seemed to me that that was a good name for the character Jerry wanted to write. So I said, why not call him the Punisher? And since I was the editor, Jerry said, okay. So. <laughs> Sorry. What?
1: That was just like a uh, kind of a little anticlimactic. What? he was just like, okay.
0: Yes. <laughs> what would you do if your editor suggested a name?
1: Well, I don't think we had much choice. I think the why Jerry just went okay.
0: Yes. Accurate. By the late 1980s to the early 1990s, he was a part of a wave of psychologically troubled antiheroes, and at the height of his popularity, he was featured in four monthly publications, including The Punisher, The Punisher War... Fuck. The Punisher War Journal, The Punisher War Zone, and Punisher Armory. And it is pretty cool to include that The Punisher ran for 104 issues. And it directly from that, you got two books coming off of it to like capitalize on the fact that people were just eating at The Punisher left and right.
1: So since you said this part of late 80s to early 90s, who was all part of this wave of the psychologically troubled antiheroes?
0: So we have Spawn, your favorite John Constantine, Um, Deadpool is also made in the early 90s. And, yeah, those are pretty much the ones that you would know. (laughs) The ones I know off the top of my head.
1: I am actually really like Spawn.
0: Spawn's awesome. I miss Spawn.
1: I actually have a fun story about Spawn. So at Hastings, back in the day when they made you, like, you had to rent you had to have a parent's ID of card, and we rented Spawn for the long time and then we took it back but then they like tried to charge us saying that we rented this movie underage even though you weren't allowed to rent it if you were underage and they tried to charge us all this stuff and then we canceled the Hastings card and never went back.
0: <laughs> Abandon your problems. Yes. <laughs> all
1: right. I yeah, just back, re- we just had a $5 like a 5 to $10 fee for saying you checked out a movie underage so or that was not appropriate said, age.
0: So instead, you said nope. Yes. <laughs> That's a very anti-hero thing to do.
1: <laughs> My mom would make a great anti-hero.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, so this popularity, it was really, really, really surprising. So Conroy had only intended him to be a second tier ter- character and didn't really see him going into a solo ongoing series, which is why The Punisher does so many cameos in a lot of comics. He was just surprised that people loved him, and obviously they marketed and made as many books of him as they could, and he continues making appearances with some of the most popular heroes and some of the ones that you wouldn't even think. So he does have team-ups with Captain America, and I'm going to mention Nightcrawler, because he teams up with him, and Nightcrawler is, like, super religious and super weird in some ways, and you just he, just, he, he doesn't mesh with Punisher.
1: Did you think he was going to mesh with Punisher?
0: No, that's why I brought it up.
2: I like the buddy Cap. Well, you said I'm he down. didn't
1: me-
0: Technically, he was almost a priest. Yes. So (laughs) maybe they can bond. Anyway, so one of the most important mirrors, and when I say mirror, when the Punisher is teamed up with a hero or a villain, he's done to kind of do what Adrian said at the beginning of the episode, bring out those qualities in those other people. So he plays off of them to prove why they're good and for you to remember why why the Punisher may not be doing the best thing. And the best one is in Frank Miller's run of Daredevil because you get to see what Daredevil could be and you get to see Punisher how he could be as well. And you get to see them play off each other and you get to see this like immense like dislike of each other, specifically from Daredevil to Punisher because he just cannot approve of his message. Methods. Yes, like in the like-
1: show, which they portray in season two, which is actually really good. Which I think
2: is basically Punisher 0. 0.5, this show. Like, they should just called it Punisher, pre, pre-Punisher. Cause I, I,
0: the Punisher pre-show?
2: Yeah, the prequel Punisher. Because all I remember out of that season is like the Punisher, all my favorite scenes are with the Punisher and Daredevil dynamic that you just talked about. Like it's the best part of season two in my opinion
1: it's definitely the best part and i think i i won you begin at least in my opinion i did not i be, yeah, began to not like the daredevil by the end of the actual season because of the punisher but then i think because of that season and what all that happens with that mirror when we get when we get to the defenders is why i end up even liking the daredevil even more so and i think he actually really shines in the defenders because of what happens in the season 2 run with Punisher, which is weird considering that season two of Daredevil is actually kind of mediocre in some parts.
0: Yeah. And what exactly is that dynamic?
1: Oh, basically. Because we're talking
0: about it without talking about it.
1: Oh, well, you <laughs> never mentioned it. <laughs> you just <laughs> Because you two were talking
0: about the show. <laughs>
1: well, you watched both of them. <laughs> uh, so the dynamic of basically, he obviously doesn't agree with his methods. And the methods of it, basically, in the show, he kills a lot of people. And Daredevil does not like this at all. He doesn't believe you should kill anybody, especially if you don't have to. And basically, I guess Frank the whole time just says you don't have what it takes to do go all the way to actually stop people. What you're doing is not actually doing much.
0: Yeah, Frank pretty much rubs it in his face that like all these people are back on the streets because of you.
2: Yes, yeah. And, yeah. it's the it's and, the bringing it's bringing out what the hero really wants to do in the form of like the Punisher, right? In, in, exactly. in the form of like an anti-hero. That's why their dynamic works so well.
1: Yeah, which yeah. is why it's great coming when you go into the Defenders, which you haven't seen by now, too bad. Basically, <laughs> Daredevil in this season, or in the Defenders season, decides that he he realizes I'm a Daredevil and I have to do whatever it takes to actually stop this, no matter what. Whether I die, whoever dies, this needs to end.
0: Yeah, so you get to see a little bit of Punisher in him.
1: Yes. Yeah. Which then starts to make me not like the Luke Cage from the Defenders and all the other stuff.
0: Yeah. So I think like one of the cool things here is the pun- The reason this mirror works so well and I think what Frank Miller picked up on is that you have Frank Castle who is an Italian Catholic you have Matt Murdock who is an Irish Catholic and both of their faiths play a really huge role in them and they're both vigilantes and I think that you can't play this in the same way because Daredevil is definitely more vigilante than he is a hero but he's not an anti-hero. He rides that super fine line between that. Um, so yeah, so unfortunately, even though they, there was so much success around, uh, uh, fuck. even though there was so much success around The Punisher, in 1995 he was cancelled, and instead of publishing him as a part of Marvel proper, they ended up moving him to the Marvel Edge imprint, which is pretty much the, it's the adult version. It's kind of like Marvel Knights now, if you've ever read those. And that just to make him more situated within that world and really let him run loose. Uh, let him run loose. And this is where we also get a supernatural punisher, which I think is kind of cool, and I didn't know until doing research for this episode. Frank Castle essentially shoots himself, kills himself in prison, and then begins like a, becomes a supernatural antihero.
1: So I've heard of this, and I try to ignore it. <laughs> it sounds so dumb. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Like I, I don't like that at all.
2: <laughs> I'm, <laughs> really, I'm really trying, yeah, and I'm y- like you know me—I me, try to like—I the... try to look at the silver lining in just about everything we we do in the podcast. But that just sounds terrible. Like, I, <laughs> nothing about that sounds fun.
1: No, it was literally—I remember when it first came, and then it was kind of like, nope, I'm out. Yeah. I'm out.
0: So, since we are talking about publication history, I have to put that the seminal. Punisher, and probably what is heralded as some of the best Punisher writing, is done by Garth Ennis in uh, Punisher Max. And um, the reason it works specifically for Frank Castle with Garth as the uh, the writer, and uh, Ennis also did Preacher, is because Ennis was tired of writing heroes. He wanted to do something darker, and he wanted to do something deeper, and in the Max run you get that. You get You get it all unleashed and that's all i'm gonna say because i want you to go and read it Um, i'll bring up a little bit later on but i'm gonna leave it at that the cool thing and probably the weirdest thing about this publication history that doesn't happen in other places is that marvel out of respect for ennis did not publish punisher in anything else other than max while it was running and we're talking years here. So he doesn't take place in events. He doesn't have continuous running storylines. And he doesn't have any crossovers. Max just exists by itself. And then, he comes, then the Punisher comes back finally into the rest of the Marvel Universe during uh, the Civil War. So as we go into the character history, this is the fun part and the sad part. Grab some tissues. He's pretty tragic. So appearing. <laughs> he is! He's tragic! So appearing for the first time in The Amazing Spider Man number 20, uh, 129, The Punisher was initially an antagonist. He is portrayed as a bloodthirsty vigilante who has no qualms about killing gangsters, something that most superheroes of the time refrain from doing. At this point, J. Jonah Jameson describes him as the most newsworthy thing to happen to New York since Boss Tweed. In this appearance, the Punisher is determined to kill Spider-Man, who is wanted for the apparent murder of Norman Osborn. The Punisher is shown as a formidable fighter, skilled marksman, and able strategist, and all he reveals about himself in this issue is that he's a former U.S. Marine. He has a fierce temper, but also shows signs of considerable frustration over his self-appointed role as a killer vigilante. He is engaged in extensive soul-searching as to what is the right thing to do. Although he has a few qualms about killing, he is outraged when his then-associate, the Jackal, apparently kills Spider-Man by treacherous means rather than honorable combat. Spider-Man, who is himself no stranger to torment, concludes that the Punisher's problem made his own seem like a birthday party.
1: We're talking about the old Spider-Man, not this Disney Spider-Man that would probably like... (laughs) have a lot of
0: problems uh, uh, yes <laughs>
2: whatever old man <laughs>
0: get um, with the times so, <laughs> so the important thing to note here is this first run gets brought back to in the what if series and the what if series is pretty much just a line of comic books like what if Hulk and Wolverine fought what if you know those things and in this one it was what if Punisher had actually killed Spider-Man and so in the in the imaginings of what if he kills Spider-Man takes off his mask realizes he's a kid and the Punisher has very strict rules about not killing kids um and he loses it he doesn't know how to justify it he doesn't know how to deal with it and he essentially spends the rest of that going after the people who hired him, tracking them down and killing him, including all of the corrupt cops in uh, the New York City Police Department. It gets pretty dark, really fast. I'm gonna try and say this in an upbeat tone so you don't check out. (laughs) Or start crying, one of the two. Eh. So why is the Punisher so troubled? The Punisher is a vigilante who employs murder kidnapping, extortion, coercion, threats of violence and torture in his campaign against crime.
1: Okay, so I do have a question though cuz yes. I know we talked about like the small time things. At least it seemed like a period where the Punisher like the way Marvel at least sometimes talked about him in certain either aspects was always he only went after like larger organizations of crime that did a lot of this more extortion, kidnapping torture type things versus your low level criminals.
0: Yeah, so essentially the Punisher is not gonna show up because somebody stole your purse or somebody didn't help an old lady cross street. He's only... The Punisher, from what I know, has fought the Yakuza, the Italian... The the Mafia, you know, the Mexican and Colombian drug cartels. Like, he's pretty much fought all types of organized crime or like inner work... or like corruption-based things, so like crooked cops, um like double cia agents those types of things that's usually what he's considered with and one of the big um one of the big things that is said a lot in punisher mythology is that in order for the punisher to be there something terrible has to happen
1: yeah because i guess i just wanted to bring that up one make sure that's at least how i thought of the punisher too when he showed up and two to see that like people like since we're going to talk about a lot of death and killing, that it wasn't like, oh, somebody got their you know, purse stolen and he just came out there and shot him in the head or something like <laughs> exactly. that. <laughs> exactly. Yes. It was more of like we're going after the worst of the worst. The exactly. Who, well,
2: yeah.
0: Uh, I believe there's one, I don't know if it's an issue or a run where he's like explicitly just killing pedophiles. That's a thing. That happens. Bring he him kills, back.
2: Come back, <laughs> Punisher. <yeah>. Save us.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he kills the worst of the worst. Um, and he only goes after the worst of the worst, and it's like I said, it's easy to assume that by the time the Punisher gets there, there is really no hope for what is happening. So all of this happens because he's driven by the deaths of his wife and two children, who were killed by the mob for witnessing a killing of New York, uh, a killing in New York City Central Park. The Punisher wages a one-man war on the mob and all criminals and employees to you, uh, an employee. Eh. yes the punisher wages a one man war on the mob and all criminals and employs the use of various firearms a lot of firearms like a lot he really likes guns
1: yes (laughs) uh
0: his family's killers were the very first to be slain by the punisher so unlike a whole bunch of other serial killers he gets straight to the point and takes out the people who took his family it's not this long-running arc (laughs)
2: Yeah, if like his super, like if someone asks me, what is Punisher's superpowers? Guns and killing. That's literally his superpower.
0: Tactical Tactical killing. Tactical (laughs) killing.
1: Which I think finds it very fascinating because it's all tactical killing and it's not just a no like uh, unsensible, sensible killing.
0: Yeah, he tries to minimize collateral damage and as much as possible just because the reason that he kills is because he sees letting any of these people go as potentially causing the death of somebody else's family. And he imagines every criminal that... and I don't even want to say criminal because it doesn't sound like a strong enough word. Every evildoer that is in his path, he sees the person who killed his family. And so it's like an ongoing vendetta and feeling that he has with him. And so, and the reason he is tactical and tactics is his main thing is because he is a war veteran of the United States Marine Corps. He was a recon marine scout sniper and he's also skilled in hand-to-hand combat, guerrilla warfare, and marksmanship. So he's going to go in, he's going to hit what he needs to, and he's going to get out. Sometimes. Other times he's like chased by people and imprisoned. (laughs) So the character has been described as being obsessed with vengeance. Garth Ennis noted that the character of the Punisher sees the world in very black and white terms. He solves his problems with utter finality and that his response to any problem when in doubt is to hit back hard. The writer Stephen Grant also noted that Heidegger, who took uh, Kierkegaard's philosophy further, comes even closer to describing the Punisher. Since we, since we can never hope to understand why we're here, if there's even anything to understand, the individual should choose a goal and pursue it wholeheartedly, despite the certainty of death and the meaningless, the meaninglessness of the action. That's sure. That's sure. The Punisher, as I conceived him, a man who knows. He's going to die, and who knows in the big picture his actions will count for nothing, but who pursues his course because this is what he has chosen to do. It is his mission. His mission is to get people to make the world safe, and that's a never-ending mission, and in the end of the day, one of the tragedies of the Punisher is knowing that he's never going to achieve it, and that's what makes it even more... It makes it even more heavy because it's not like... He's gonna defeat Galactus and then it's done. It's like no, he's gonna take down one organized crime like syndicate and then another one's gonna pop up and it's never ending. When the so the hero's stories are used to show that the Punisher's method doesn't come from a place of light, and although he has a really set moral code, it's not set in the Superman way. It's it's easy to understand him as being like just as Superman is absolutely no kill no matter what, the Punisher is if he can eliminate a threat, he's going to eliminate the threat.
1: Right. And I guess the funny thing cuz we talk about this whole like set and you make like, sure they don't come back. And I keep thinking about I know this technically has nothing to do per se with the Punisher, but it kind of goes with the whole re- relevance of how like the way the Punisher kind of sees his crime. And we did a CW episode not that long ago and there's actually an episode where uh, in an era where they put away one of the gang lords or whatever, he goes away, I think he ended up being whoever the guy that ends up being a zombie. Grundy? No, not... Uh, he ends up with... He falls in toxic and he can't feel pain. Oh,
0: I can't remember his name. But I know who you're talking about. It's in season five.
1: Yes, it's in season five of Arrow. Anyways, he basically gets put away in jail because he committed all these crimes and tried to kill all these people. And then they find out the DA was a bad person. And despite the fact that he literally broke out of prison and nearly killed people and killed people there, the coroner and all them, and broke out, they literally let him go on all charges, because the DA happened to be a bad guy, despite the fact that he committed probably about at least, I don't know, 20 more different felonies and killed probably at least 10 more people, and they acted like none of that existed.
0: Yeah, and I think on that note, too, you can also tie it into, like, a daredevil clause for the most thing. Like, you can kind of understand that when you're taken by a vigilante with extreme force, The system is going to fail and that person is going to be released, which is something that Frank brings up in uh, Daredevil season two as well. Yes. Um, And there's one of the big things to understand here, too, is that bearing that guilt for taking a life is a lot more bearable to Frank than bearing the guilt of possibly letting somebody be hurt by somebody he could have taken care of. And that's essentially the punisher.
2: Um, I think that would be most people, like I said before. I, that'd be yeah. <laughs> me. Shoot one guy so he doesn't kill more people? I guess it's pretty, pretty straightforward straight for forward. me. Pretty
0: straightforward, yeah. <laughs> so moving into the movies, we have, as Adrian mentioned, The Punisher in 1989, where Frank is played by Dolph Lundgren, and I'm just going to say it right now longerer was hot. I don't think he's hot now, but he was definitely hot when he was younger.
1: Not a long time ago.
0: It was, but still. <laughs> um, and then you have the Punisher in two thousand and four with Thomas Jane. This is the one we have the numbers for. So the production budget of that movie was thirty three million dollars and it ended up grossing fifty five million dollars rounded up worldwide. And this is from Box Office Mojo because I finally went Adrian's route hey, and chose a it's pretty safe website. <laughs> <laughs> and this film has a 29% critic rating and a 63% fan rating, which I was really happy that it wasn't lower because from everything I hear, people hate this movie.
1: Who I hates like this it. movie? Critics? Well, come you say from every uh, besides critics? Because I don't really care what critics say a lot of times, but. I mean so it's
2: like, it's fans are gonna like it, but it's also coming at like two thousand four. That's like early height like it's like that's like the beginning of superhero movies. No one is hyped for that yet. Yes. Like
0: And it's also know. coming off of like X Men who who are the complete opposite of Frank. The X Men yeah. are we're gonna save you no matter what bad you do to us. We're gonna make sure that we can protect you. Is
1: this the greatest movie ever? No, but I actually do really enjoy this movie.
0: Yeah, I, I think I think for the most part a lot of the reasons that people had a problem with this is because you don't see Frank's strong military background here and it all focuses on him being a cop and him being an undercover cop who then gets discovered and this is what gets and it doesn't just get his wife and his children killed all of his family gets gunned down at a family reunion yeah like yeah and at least from what I've heard, I, I'm trying to think of the critique. That's, like, the only critique I can think of. But the other thing is just that I hear people make fun of Thomas Jane a lot as the Punisher. And I don't understand it because I thought he was really good.
1: Yeah, wait till we get to the next one.
0: We're Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think I, I think it's say, just coming out coming at, like, a rough time. Like, what do you have before this to compare it to in terms of, like, anti-hero? What do you, what do you have to compare it to in terms of uh, superhero movies in general? Uh, and then having one so that you that's, ha- I think, then then you have one that that's that is that dark. Like, what else do you have to compare that to? Like, spawn, like five years or like more than that, like s- almost ten years before that. You don't same really have anything compared blade? It
0: to.
2: Yeah, maybe, maybe blade, blade and spawn
0: would be blade. the closest.
1: Yeah, even though blade is actually portrayed more as like a horror movie, which is kind of weird when they categorize it. It is, of, yeah, it is, is it is
0: definitely. Like, like a horror movie gotta get that second syllable cause it's one of those
1: literally unless you like actually knew that character you probably would have never had a clue that it was actually like a superhero I didn't for the longest yeah, time yeah I'm saying I didn't either <laughs> but besides because, like, the Spawn movie episode. which yeah <laughs> I think besides Spawn which I believe was 97 or 95
2: something like that yeah it's it's later in the 90s but still far which, away from this which unfortunately
1: also got yeah which also got ripped apart but I actually I don't know I like parts of that movie but yeah
2: yeah, I think it's one of those things like what where the they fans are gonna to like it, movie- and then critics aren't gonna like it because they don't think it's a good movie. But fans just want to see Punisher on screen, so they're just gonna roll with it. Yeah, if cause it's I think good the enough. only
0: yeah, and I think the only thing wrong like wrong that I've heard was just the military part, which I can totally understand because as we'll see, the military is a very strong component of who Frank is and why he operates the way he does. So, the next movie is The Punisher Warzone, and this had a $35 million budget, and it grossed $10 million worldwide.
1: I wish this movie never
0: existed. 27% critic rating and 42% fan rating, and fun fact, this was Kate's first legal R-rated movie purchase. I saw it on my birthday.
2: I have never seen this movie. I didn't know this existed. So,
1: I've... So, one, I knew it existed. Two, I've actually seen most of it, but I couldn't actually finish it because it's so bad. And it's so not memorable that only thing I can remember is how horrible it was, (laughs) hyper-violent it was. And I can't remember exactly who they got to play him, but it was a terrible acting choice. Or actor choice. Well,
0: actually, the actor choice fits like that like mid-90s style of like super buff no neck like big face people <laughs> if that makes sense like the-
2: yeah but in 2008 they're getting away from that already like by this time like oh no Tom- no no
0: they're no they're already away from it yeah. I'm just yeah. saying like that I can I can see what they were going for with the Punisher like they were trying to go with like straight meathead type thing
1: oh
2: thing it was Ray Stevenson yes. the yeah. I, I can. So he- I, I kind of like that I'm okay
0: with well, that. I didn't I have a problem with casting. So
1: I thought it was going to be okay, and then I watched it, and I was like, I think they try to take too much of what Ray Stevenson was doing with some of his other movies. Like, I believe we was Smoking Aces and yeah. like, all the other ones. That they try to do it with Punisher, which to me did not go well at all. Yeah, not down. So, yeah, so best thing about... I didn't like it. It looks weird.
0: I thought he looked good.
1: But the best thing out of this movie is one of my, actually, the theme song by Rob Zombie called Actually Warzone is one of my favorite songs ever.
0: That is a really good song. (laughs) That
1: is the one thing I love about this movie is I have that song.
0: So should we exit the show with that?
1: If you feel like it, it's very, yeah, why not?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I do know that, that here, instead of having him do the whole origin he he's already established as the Punisher in War and he takes on Jigsaw, who is like we said. When the Punisher has a foe, they kind of stay dead, um, with the exception of like a couple a couple notables. One of them being Jigsaw, who is a recurring villain, and. I honestly don't remember anything that this movie did with him. I remember that there was a kill scene where like I think like a giant chandelier fell and like shattered and cut up people and it was kind of cool. Like it was really hyper violent and there were some pretty awesome kills and I'm a horror fan guys so yes I think movie movie kills are some of my favorite things Um, but I honestly don't remember anything about the movie
1: at all so I just know the difference one of the main things is I enjoy obviously the first one I really think it's underrated for the thing the first one to me at least I know they had they left out the excluded like the military background but you got the whole point of like what he was going through why he was doing this and obviously like I said this wasn't an origin story per se but even I mean I guess obviously they fast forward everything in the movie but to me it just felt more like you could see the vengeance you could see it was all strategic calculated like he had that background and this one just seemed... I mean, not that it wasn't... Yeah, a,
0: yeah, it didn't seem. It was totally just, I'm going to walk into the room and like kill this room full of people yeah. versus the Punisher being tactical... Uh, being a tactician. Yes. So You
1: felt yeah. bad for Thomas Jane in the first one.
0: Yeah, you really did.
1: <laughs> don't recommend this movie for you, Adrian. Yeah, don't
2: it. Don't worry, don't worry. Um, I'm not going to lose too much sleep over it. Before we get into about those, <laughs> did you guys ever play the 2005 Punisher game?
0: I did not know there was a game. No.
2: It is actually game, really good. It. Like yeah. if you want to feel like the Punisher, that is the game for you. Who did it? Uh THQ and Havoc huh. I think did it. Uh okay. I totally actually, forgot I when we were stuff. talking about like what do we know about the Punisher. That was after I watched the two thousand four movie, I got that game and it was awesome. Like it's you do some messed up stuff. I should have not been playing that game
1: <laughs> as a kid. <laughs>
2: But it's really good. And now I want to go back and play it to see if it holds up. But it's really good. And for those listeners who have played it, support me on Twitter by saying how good it was. Because it's, it's the only Punisher game I ever played and that I even know exists because it was so good.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it might be the only thing. I know he, he's playable, I believe, in a few other type of Marvel games. But that's about it.
0: Yep. Which I didn't even get to say it, but I'm actually a fan of his superhero costume over his, like, T-shirt and jeans costume. There's like, white tactical belts and white boots. I Yeah, know we it's didn't
1: also more practical. It, about...
0: <laughs> so is
1: there actually a part where he takes over for Captain America in some small part?
0: I believe... Or was
1: that fan art type thing that they wanted to?
0: I know that right now he's about to have a run as War Machine.
1: Or maybe that was what I'm thinking of. I thought he was... No, uh, cause I thought I it was Captain that. America. But I know he's you supposed to be... You want that? <laughs> yeah,
2: I want that no. so bad.
1: Give yeah, him yeah. the no, bigger guns. No... <laughs> yes i do remember i do know the part where he had to take over his war machine but i thought there was something where they had him playing cap or possibly cap i'm not sure if that was actually wanna, fan art but or yeah something, but i i do know it seemed to be a deal for at least a week or two
0: i want to say yes but then i also want to say no because fan art is also extremely good sometimes yes
1: that's what i'm saying so I, was, <laughs> I can't remember whether that was actually fan art or whether that was actually something
0: Like, I just spent, like, two hours today looking up whether or not Jon Stewart was really becoming a Star Sapphire. Because I could not tell if it was an actual comic book panel or, like, fan art. So, yeah. I understand that line. Um, But I don't know. I know he he has a really big uh, part to play in Civil War with Cap, which I will be getting into right now. Because it's the But Why Those. So, I don't have a lot about why those for Frank Castle. Because I think it's pretty straightforward. The first one is that we need anti-heroes. We need anti-heroes to balance out the universe, pretty much. So, one sentence, one word, murder. This is essentially everything that a superhero doesn't want to do and refuses to do. And the majority of superhero arcs where they have real trouble is when they have to make that decision whether to kill somebody or not. Hint. Superman does not kill Man of Steel, um, anyway. Um,
1: Except for he goes crazy and melts everybody's brain.
0: That's like Flashpoint, though. Oh, wait, no, it's not. No, it's not. Batman no, it's not. killed a bunch that's of people right. in that
2: movie, too. So Yeah. In uh, Batman v Superman, so I don't think DC cares at all about this. I don't think this. they care at all. I think, but I also do I also want to bring up this point, though, because when we're talking about um, all of like the antiheroes that come up around this time, all of them are Marvel. All of yeah. them are Marvel or they're, all, or they're like X-Men spinoff characters. DC doesn't have any real anti-heroes that I can think of off the top of my head other than like Constantine. But like, then why are you making Superman and Batman do all this messed up stuff if they're not anti-heroes? Like, why are you having them do anti-hero type stuff? And why doesn't DC like anti-heroes?
1: <laughs> it's also funny, I guess, because I know it's just murder, I guess, is the big thing. But Batman breaks so many laws and steals so much stuff whether it be tech or just what Batman's
0: entire arsenal is stuff that he stole from people and then put the word bat in front of.
1: But he doesn't murder. Yeah. But he doesn't murder, though. Well, he doesn't purposely murder.
0: He just doesn't save you. The
1: best saying of... uh, Yes. There we go. Never mind, because Kate took it. Yeah, I guess Batman would be, like, the
2: closest thing to, like, their anti-hero, but, like, Marvel just has so many smaller anti-heroes that have just become so popular, you would think that... Over his last, you know, 20, 30 years that DC would have come up with some kind of, like, Deadpool, Punisher-esque kind of character.
0: But I think the big thing is that Marvel's characters and DC people feel free to at me. I have to deal with it enough on Twitter. But the reason I love Marvel heroes more is because they're more human. And I think that's why they can make anti-heroes, because you have human qualities.
1: I could so see that, what, yeah. what about some of, I guess... Because I can't... I'm trying to think. Because Deathstroke is technically, obviously, a villain, but he's also not really an anti-hero. But he also, maybe, just, I get paid to do what I gotta do.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'd still consider... I mean, I guess, is a Suicide Squad con- considered anti-heroes? I don't think they are, because they're not doing it for the right reasons. So, yeah. like, an anti-hero for me... Well, is that's somebody well, who's well, doing it for the well, good, not I get that, but what I was saying money. like what
1: DC seems to have or villains. Oh, like mercenaries. Yeah, like mercenary yeah. villains. That who makes sense. Trying to play you, this anti-hero role for them. Yeah, because then you have anti-key. like
2: Catwoman, yeah. who's obviously villain, like yeah, villain yeah. first, hero late, hero second. So I guess they have, a, I guess yeah. they just have a different take on anti-heroes, I guess than
0: yeah, but you know, I'm used to and it. I think that lends to their strength because. DC and specifically Batman has some of the best rogues galleries that there are. Yeah. compared, compared yeah, to Yeah, yeah, you're right. If, if, okay. If I can see honest. that.
2: That that makes a lot of sense. Let's um, clear that up.
0: Yeah. Plus, Welcome. I would like to point out that the entire like the Brotherhood of Mutants, I wouldn't call them anti-heroes, but they're flawed characters essentially fighting to what they to, fighting to save themselves. So, like, even the villains in, like, the X-Men universe aren't always coming from this, like, supreme – like, they're not all apocalypse. Some of them are just people who want – or some of them are just mutants who want to live their lives and don't know how to go about it because they're scared or because they've had negative experiences. And I just think Marvel encapsulates those negative experiences and writes them out so well. And that's why I love Marvel. You can't say that in this podcast. (laughs)
2: Uh, no, but I can see what you're saying. Like, I just went through, like, a list, like, in my head of uh, people who I I, say I would consider anti-heroes, and I think I think Matt's right. Like, they're all, they are villain-first anti-heroes, which is different, but not something I like because I like the, hu- the human aspect of it, like you said. So, not this, this isn't me knocking DC for not having anti-heroes. I was just curious why they wouldn't have... Because, you know, yeah. if you look through publication history with, like, DC and Marvel, we even talked about in our Justice League episode last week, like... Fantastic Four came out because Justice League was a thing. Like they would match, so I would think, hey, Punisher's super popular. DC let me do a you know, anti-hero type character, but
0: but bringing this back into why we need her- um anti-heroes at the end of the day, heroes and like the heroes in the Marvel universe and the good the you know, quote-unquote good organizations like Shield when they are set on a mission to capture the Punisher a lot of the times they let him go or maybe don't pursue him as hard because at the end of the day they acknowledge that the Punisher is actually making the world safer and is actually doing something good and is effectively doing what they want to do in the back of their minds and so the Punisher, he has been in Rikers like a whole bunch but he ends up getting released and ends up, you know, being able to skate by because people agree with what he does, even if they don't agree with his method.
1: Well, because, I mean, he's going after, like you said, the worst of the worst, and most of the time we found out that the justice system apparently can't handle the worst of the worst where it fails. Yeah. You know, like the guy that gets, like I said, the guy that steals your purse, you most likely can get that person. But yeah. they basically had to get Al Capone on tax evasion. So yeah. So those people you're not getting for the most part. Because
0: and, when you have that much power,
1: yeah.
0: you're going to be in charge of it. And I think, and I, I forgot to mention this above when we're looking at the character history, but the fact that the system fails him in many ways because he is a Vietnam vet, and if you know anything about the history of the Vietnam War and the way vets were treated when they came back from that, they weren't treated well. So he's alienated in that way, and then he's also alienated by the fact that nobody was able to save his family, himself included, and mostly the system, and so this is how he goes go, goes about it. And a lot of this comes specifically from the 70s antiheroes in movies like Death Wish or Dirty Harry, and it reflects this need to having to um, to meet the rising crime in the 70s. Um, specifically in 70s New York, this was one of the biggest things, and it le- and it left people feeling like they needed a vigilante to take care of all of this. So the important thing to remember, too, like I've said already, Frank knows that when he's killing, it's wrong, and it's not necessarily the best thing.
1: So based on all this, since he does kill a lot of people, and we're talking about raising crime, and it is an interesting question that does get left out. So is he a serial killer?
0: I don't, he's I mean... Dexter. Well, yeah, so, like, the definition of serial killer is more than three kills over a long period of time with a specific type. Well, not always a specific type, but three or more kills over a long period of time.
2: Yeah, well, I can see. Cool. I, I would, so, I mean, I don't mess with true crime stuff, but, like, yeah. he's, like, Dexter with guns.
0: Yeah, usually with a method of operation, so, like, a signature, and his signature would be giant guns. Well, I know that, but, yeah. I
1: mean you didn't answer the question I,
0: yeah I, he fit, okay, <laughs> told me he, what it was yeah what well, the definition I'm, is he fits the definition of a serial killer you could easily say that the same stuff we're bringing c i'm bringing cw tv in again but that is the same thing that gets thrown at arrow yes um yeah yeah serial killer yeah if you want to be like right yeah I don't know if he's ever been, like, charged with that, though. I should have looked into the crimes that he's been charged with because he's been charged with a lot.
1: We don't have time to go through all those. No,
0: we do not. (laughs) Um, So the way that I've kind of seen this is you see Frank as chaotic good, as in he's going to do whatever he has to do to maintain the goodness in the world, and that involves killing, and this is set in stone. Like I said, just like Superman, just in a different way. I'm going to use Civil War and to say that anti-registration is the only way to go because when chaotic good and lawful good both agree that it is the wrong thing to do, it's the wrong thing to do. And And I mean that because Frank has no interest in the Civil War at all. He doesn't care about the registration. He doesn't care about anything until he realizes that the government is using superpowered criminals to go down and hunt people. Then he's like, well, nope, you're overstepping here. This is evil. You can't hunt people down, round them up and do this. And so he then joins the Secret Avengers and Cap. And he's actually the only reason that Spider-Man survives Civil War is because he saves him. After yeah Adrian, into a bloody pulp.
2: Uh, <laughs> you know what's Adam on. I'm not going through this. It's a different topic for another podcast.
0: I'm cap. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is one of those things, and I've kind of realized that for me, seeing Cap's morality play out in this way because he's breaking orders in a way was something that I really loved in Civil War and seeing Frank be invested enough because of this abuse of power that's also important when it comes to understanding registration versus non-registration um and I think it's important so like the important thing to understand too that what makes an anti-hero an anti-hero instead of just a villain is often because this violence comes from a very traumatic place and for Frank, it comes both professionally and personally. It comes from the death of his family, and it also comes from his many tours in Vietnam.
1: So, I guess since we are talking about anti-heroes and talking about the psychologically troubled, are are there really any anti-heroes, that I'm trying to think off the top of my head, that are not psychologically troubled at all?
0: I don't think so. Like, Wade Wilson has... Uh, yeah, Wade Wilson has, like, multiple personalities, and, like, schizophrenia for the most part right um
1: spawn has a breakdown
0: spawn's dead
1: well he's dead <laughs> well, he's dead too but i mean basically because of how he dies and what he yeah. gets yeah
0: wolverine's an alcoholic but he has a healing factor so is he really an alcoholic if he metabolizes it really fast constantine's pretty messed up
1: so i guess you wondering because it's kind of like this whole like an act of morality, of violence and everything, so are we trying to say it's literally a psychological trauma that
0: has all these people doing this stuff, per se? I, I would or say... Or, like,
1: just the way they are.
0: So, I would say that it's a psychological trauma that does this because when we look at heroes, it's a psychological trauma that makes heroes be heroes to begin with, anyway. Correct. It's the deaths, Like we've said before on this podcast, a mom dies, usually. And that's what sets it off. So I think what you have in the antihero is when you have the same like traumatic circumstances in a way, you know, losing in a family, this is the other outcome to that. So I would say everybody who puts on a mask is psychologically damaged in some way. I just think I think it's possible that antiheroes are taken to another extreme because they have to justify or make that or make their like methods not seem ideal, because um, in a retcon situation, the Punisher does actually end up. Um, he does actually end up hearing a voice that is driving him to kill and that he needs to fulfill, versus him doing it just from this place of vengeance.
1: Right, because I know, at least in the show, they try to portray that too, some sort of, like, he was actually killing because he could not have any psycholo- he had psychological problems, per se. No, he knew what he was yeah. doing was wrong.
0: Yeah. And I also think that it's probably wrong for me to say that, like, he knows that it's wrong. He knows that it's not... For him, it is the perfect way to deal with this, but he knows it's not the legal way. I guess is what I'm saying.
1: Because, like, yeah.
0: he, like, he understands that he is taking somebody away from their family, but that's better than what it will cause in the future. So, because I don't think he would say that necessarily killing a crime boss is wrong. The impact on that crime boss's family is wrong, but the actual murder itself is what's needed at the time. So, um, another big thing, the other big but why, though, is that the Punisher, and I'm going to take this from Geek History Lesson, which closed their episode with a uh, teaching tweet where they take the episode down and put it into a tweet. I'm going to take a section um, from Jason uh, Inman's tweet on their Punisher episode. It was episode 105, if you want to go listen to that. Um, he's a soldier, not a hero. And I just want to say for this specific part of the but why though? Because... This but why, though, is the fact that the Punisher has become increasingly and very, very important to service members, um, both active and vet. And when I was getting ready to research this part, instead of just going to articles like I usually do, I did reach out to some of our friends who are um, who are vets and did serve. And they kind of gave me their perspective on how how this was important to them, and I used that to kind of shape where I went with this. So I just want to put that out there, because um, I myself have not served, and like usual on the podcast, we don't like talking from places that we haven't been.
1: We will get their actual words later in the show when we yes. get our fans about why this.
0: Yes. So when we talk about res- representation a lot on the podcast, we haven't covered this aspect, and it's the fact of the way the military, how somebody from the military is represented in comics and on screen as well well no because Thomas Jane isn't part of the military but you know how military members are represented and what that and what being in the military does to shape a character so when we look at Frank Castle's service history he joined the marines after deciding that his inability to forgive made him unfit to be a priest and he made his way through basic training and infantry school um, and then he made it through the sniper reconnaissance and force program so he was essentially a recon marine um, my uncle was actually a recon marine in vietnam so i thought that was really cool because i didn't know that um, that he was specifically a recon marine so he then went on to get certified as a navy seal making it through the u.s army's airborne program and the navy's underwater demolitions program he was also cross-trained by the Australian Special Air, Air Air Services Unit during his service in Vietnam, and he completed two tours under his, his given name, Francis Castiglione. I probably said that wrong. But eventually he ends up changing his name to what we know him as, Frank Castle, in order to go back and serve two more tours in Vietnam after those initials, too. From the first two, he is awarded two Bronze Stars, two Silver Stars, and four Purple Hearts for his time there. One of the most interesting things about the Punisher is in Punisher Max, we have an establishment. We have it established that in the comics, Frank was born in February 16th, oh, on February sixteenth, 1950, and there's not going to be any adjustment for wars. So Vietnam is always going to be essential to telling Frank Castle's story, and you're not going to have it change, like, Iron Man's involvement from the Korean War to the Iraq War, to, you know, that type of thing, adjusting for time into, like, the current war, you know, that's happening that we get with a lot of superheroes. Vietnam is essential to his story um, because it's essential to his alienation.
1: So since this is a hard set timeline, you can definitely see why them leaving that out in that first movie would be such a horrible thing to play off of.
0: Yes. <laughs> He'd be a very old man. Well,
1: no. Oh, the wait. fact that this is it literally his set timeline in this stuff, and they literally omit this part in the first movie.
0: Yeah. 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 So the reason that we know that the that the Punisher symbol, if not the Punisher himself, is important to military service members is that in Iraq and Afghanistan, he's be um, there are a whole bunch of unofficial like unit patches. The Punisher skull symbol is spray painted on buildings, vehicles, equipment. It's in service members tattoos and the skull may have greater renown than even the character himself, especially among those who are serving right now. It's become so prevalent that a recent Punisher comic book series actually included a scene where he rescues a group of U.S. Army Special Forces soldiers who later adopt his symbol as a unit patch when they deploy back to Afghanistan. And the writer of this said, I was trying to explain why every operations guy I know basically has a Punisher patch of some sort and why every Conex and trunk had a Punisher skull painted on it somewhere. And Kevin Maher, is the author here. Beyond this, currently Iraqi and Afghani fighters who have been trained by the US and are current and are fighting Isil right now have also been utilizing the symbol very heavily and that comes from the US influence and their soldiers in the training and the 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 importance they've attached to the symbol. So from his origin the military service is also important not just this tr- not just the traumatic life that he's had because of his family but also the fact that um conway explains the punisher as being a rorschach test in that as time has passed since his creation we've gone through different cultural eras and through each of those the character has begun has been reinterpreted to reflect the concerns of society if society feels that we are doing well, what we were doing is justifiable, the respect for the military is high. If the society feels guilty or shamed in what we're doing, we project that onto the military. They are the recipients of our collective id. Veterans were being abused when they would come home. They weren't being greeted with ticker tape parades. Um, after Vietnam, someone like the Punisher has already been alienated from society and doesn't feel like he's a part of society. So when society lets him down and when his family is killed, uh, he doesn't feel an, an obligation to follow the rules of society because he's already been casted out of it. So as much as he is shown as the negative effects, as much as he does show the negative effects of coming home from war, essential to Frank is how he bears the weight of his own transgressions and this has to do with the fact that they his creators really wanted him to take the military code of accountability and responsibility into who he is as a person and also make him very objective driven at the end of the day one of the things that happens when you're in the military is the mission the mission comes first you complete the mission and the sad part About Frank's mission as we said earlier is that that mission's never going to be completed and he's always going to be on that path and because he was a military man and this is the mission that he set out for in life, he has to go for it and he's always going to be consumed by killing and he's always going to be consumed by trying to right the wrongs that in some cases can't be right can't be righted, I don't know if that's a word (laughs) So I think after this, it's really important to mention the fan, but why those from Two of the Vets and Friends of the Pods. First of all, guys, thank you for your service. The first one is from at GamingDadio on Twitter. His name, Elvis. He is also assistant director of StackUp, which is a really great organization that we got to interview in episode 9 that looks... 19. Oh, yeah. In, back in episode 19, that works to... Um, build a community for vets who come home through the power of gaming and help active duty um, as well as helping active duty uh, service members with care packages th- uh, of gaming so they can get more involved um, if you like them if you want to hear more go check out that episode we got to interview um the founder of StackUp, and they're doing good work out there so he says the Punisher, it, the Punisher himself is a war hero and a recon marine vet. He has that wrong side of heaven and righteous side of hell thing. He has a strong sense of brotherhood and is willing to be wounded and killed and so on in a selfless manner just to protect others. The punisher has essentially been alienated from society and most people don't understand why he does what he does he's an anti-hero he's not here to make friends but to do what is right even when others object like the military when he shows up something horrible had to occur to bring him there the punisher symbol has been so powerful for mil for the military forces that a few comic books have included real military members iraq an afghan Forces trained by the US have also adopted the Punisher symbol as well. Also, from Ivy Wall, and I say Ivy because I think it's actually Fourth Wall, um, who uh, on Twitter, he is also the host of Wakanda for. Um, Wakanda for IV life. Um, and he's an awesome person who brought me into the do you even the hashtag do you even comic book family on Twitter. Go search it. It's really great comic book conversations. He says, I'd say he matters to surface members because he embodies what it means to be a soldier. He follows the mission until the mission is complete. Even that even if that mission is one he decreed upon himself. Also, I would like to note that, like in the military, he always gives Steve Rogers the, upmo- the utmost respect, like an enlisted would do to uh, would do to an officer in the military. Which is something I forgot to mention that when the Punisher, within the um, the Marvel continuity, whenever he meets somebody who has also served, he's really, really respectful towards them. That's a very good yeah that's that but why though i know it's really heavy and i don't know if you guys have anything to add because i know your families are military no
2: i don't none of my family reads punisher comics so i don't know how they would feel about the punisher to be honest so yeah none but, of yeah, my family, family great. the
1: damn phone so <laughs> they're what they're doing.
0: yeah at least from what i um so i went through a whole bunch of um like military blogs who talked about the usage of the Punisher and the symbol. And a lot of it has to do with um, a lot of it is specific to um, those who have served in Iraq and Afghanistan. Um, So like our generation, really.
1: Well, I mean, that would make sense.
0: Yeah. So yeah, that's that's, that's it for the big But Why Those. And now I'm going to go into some more fan But Why Those. And these are more general just on how he is as, you know, the Punisher is in general. So first, this is from World on Twitter. He is also the host of the super Super Suit Show and a member of the Do You Even Comic Book Fam. He's awesome. Go follow him. Frank is a tragic character. People focus so much on the violence that they forget that this man... That this is a man who has lost his family. Behind the tough exterior, he's a grieving, traumatized man who is on a mission that never ends. He'll never find peace, and he'll never be satisfied. Next, from Koshik7496 on Twitter. Because he's a guy who gets shit done. (laughs) Pretty straightforward. (laughs) The guy who acknowledges that he's kind of fucked up and his methods are as well. He's unrelenting, uncompromised, and ain't trying to be a hero. He showed him baddies that if the victim strikes back, hell will break loose. From at Lava Hog on Twitter, While some don't appreciate the dark corners of the real world invading comics, he was a Bronze Age antihero bred from the crime and vigilantism creators experienced firsthand in 70s New York and then from flatter an at flatter underscore u on twitter the awesome host of the star of the holy star wars podcast in terms of the mcu rendition only one the only one i'm super familiar with he helps show no matter who you are proud hypermasculine catholic alcoholic woman with trauma black man with a prison history super rich white dude with no understanding of reality reality <laughs> or a hardcore military man struggling is normal and everyone does it and you, you don't have to cope with it in the unhealthy way his character does at the start you can open up and heal like he starts to and hopefully does throughout his character arc or or else at least shows shows that not wanting to open up will kill him so that, that's a prediction towards uh towards the punisher series which will be which has come out by the time you're listening to this There you go. Yes, I got it right that time on November 17th, which we will have a review incoming.
1: Thanks, everybody, for your input. We always enjoy them.
0: I will get them up on our website.
2: Thanks. Love you.
0: (laughs) So um, just to end this out, what do you guys have in terms of hopes or excitement for the new Punisher series? Because um, I know from what they've released, they are going to be leaning super heavy into the military component.
1: Well, if you saw Daredevil season two, he killed a lot of military people because that's where it happened. So, yes, I can believe that. But, yes, you can go.
2: Adrian. Oh. Uh, I don't know. I, I didn't watch the trailer for it because um, they just kept pushing it back. I was like, oh, I'm going to watch it anyway. I don't need to see a trailer for it. Uh, you know, based on, you know, just from what I said earlier. He's my favorite part of Daredevil season two. So I just hope I get it it's a shame I'm gonna say more of the same, but I hope I get more of the same. Like I hope that it's the Punisher brought to life in comics that we've been getting so far. And if they focus super heavy in his own you know, his own show, if we get his real background and we get that military stuff in there, I think he they're gonna knock it out of the park and I think people are really, really gonna like it. So, um, I have high hopes. I'm really excited for it. Like, I'm more excited for this than I was for, like, Defenders. So.
0: thought you were more excited for Iron Fist.
2: Oh, Jesus. I never <laughs> even finished it. Sorry, i sorry.
1: <laughs> so, I'm actually kind of looking forward to it when it comes out. I have only seen maybe one trailer, not much of it. I really wasn't really trying to watch it because as Adrian, I was kind of like with Adrian, I was like, I know I'm going to kind of watch it within the first, like, few days or hours depending on I have bad habits of these things where I don't sleep for about 36 hours
0: that's what you did with Luke Cage right after a plane from San Diego
1: no I literally don't sleep for like 36 hours it's really bad <laughs> but um anyways um I like I do enjoyed him really much in Daredevil season two I kind of hope a little bit because as much as I really liked him in Daredevil season two it seemed there was some parts where some of his logic seemed a little flawed, where it seemed to had some not, like, unsensible killing it seemed like. Whereas most of the time it seemed like, as we saw earlier, he avoids collateral damage. There seemed a little bit that he kind of teetered on that, so I kind of hope he cleans it up, obviously, because I think now that he, obviously, if you haven't seen it, he basically finished killing all of his family's killers, so I think it might, hopefully he'll kind of, I guess, grow in as the story arc goes and obviously still kill a lot of people, but it's not quite as Guess there's more. It seems like reasons for everybody more said than some of the people.
2: Yeah, I, I think they have to go Jigsaw route, right? Like, I don't know if they are. Like, I haven't looked into it at all. Um, but I would, I would figure they would have to go Jigsaw route, just because like he's kind of his main villain. I don't think you can give the Punisher a Netflix series without with him just like going to kill X Y Z gang yeah. people and like make it interesting. So I think it has to be Jigsaw. So and I think, John, be? I think John, I think John and I'm sure I'll say this when we do the the review, I think he is an amazing Punisher. Oh, he's phenomenal. He is just... I think he's probably a little messed up in the head himself, like, as a person, (laughs) to be able to play that character (laughs) so well.
0: Honestly, I feel like Shane prepared him for this role. Exactly, Very, very well. Um, If you've seen The Walking Dead, he's Shane in The Walking Dead, and God, do you end up hating that character and somehow understanding him.
2: I like Shane. I was Team Shane, bro.
0: Ah!
2: So, what's going to happen, by the way, is it's
1: going to be a three-part series where you're going to have a three-part arc, obviously. You're going to have a main film. your jo- hot take? Hot take. Basically, all Netflix series does this. Marvel Netflix. They're going to have a villain that comes in. You're going to think it's him. They're going to have a mysterious guy come in, which most likely might be Jigsaw. We're not sure. And then, most likely, one of those two main dudes are going to die. And we'll punch sure her they might both die. But one of them's going to die for right off the bat. And then, finally, one at the end we'll then go for. Whether it be where you start off with Luke Cage with
0: Diamondback, no, 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 no Cutmouth,
1: Ca- no, which you keep hearing about, possibly Diamondback, which then you finally get Diamondback after Cutmouth dies, and then in the Daredevil season one, you have basically the original first guy who plays almost a uh, kingpin sidekick, yeah, our main first guy, who then basically you learn about the kingpin, and then the sidekick dies, and then as you go basically into Iron Fist, you have the son, uh, not Joy, but uh
0: name? Roy? I, I don't remember it's not Roy. Uh, I actually think Iron Fist is all over the place because technically Meacham well, and the Hand are both equally bad.
1: Kinda but they kinda do set the whole thing because basically you think the whole time it's the Meachams but then they basically kill off his dad and basically or even the son go you know, and then the Hand takes over. Okay. They literally all have like the same plot line.
2: I don't know You can I, just, all the I just time. want it to be good it, it could do and the I, same and plot I, and line I, and as long as they execute it well I don't care I'm down with
0: it. Yeah. Formulaic making things. They literally are all the same. No, they, they formula. are. They, they really are, um, unfortunately. But hey man, all as long good. as Iron Fist doesn't show up, with ex- this <laughs> is going to be
2: amazing. Who cares? Let's, he's just, gonna let's show just get up, that out of the way. Hot
0: take. He's going to show up in the first scene just to tell him that he's the immortal Iron Fist, and then you're not going to see him. I hope he series. punches him right in his stupid <laughs> face.
1: No, I hope he throws a smoke bomb down and runs off. But you see his foot as he's going out of the Dan- smoke.
0: No no no. Danny Rand shows up, says he's the mortal Iron Fist, throws a smoke dump smoke throws a smoke bomb and you see him crawling away in the background, like under a table or something. There you go. That's what's gonna happen. <laughs> I don't even feel bad. Um, so yeah. Last thoughts on the Punisher overall, guys.
2: No, those those are mine. I'm I think he's a great character. I think he's what oh. he's he's not. Uh, what's what's that line? He's 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 what we deserve, not not what we need, or something. Whatever it is, whatever, whatever the Batman line is. I don't
1: know the Batman line, but I was gonna say.
0: Yeah, he's the hero we need, not the hero we deserve. Yeah. Because it would be that the hero is too good, therefore you don't deserve the hero. Oh, the the stupid ass
1: shit where they're trying to make Two Face a good guy. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that one. The one in the Dark Knight where they're like, "We need Tom Harvey to be a good guy."
0: You're. you're You need to be the
1: bad guy.
0: I'm gonna say it right now, (laughs) the Dark Knight stands on Twitter are so bad, and you're gonna get so many ads.
1: Don't care. Nobody (laughs) asks me. Nobody knows who I am. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and Matt just threw down a smoked bomb And is walking away
1: <laughs> That was the stupidest line It was That was terrible logic
2: in that whole thing I like that, I like the line
1: well, like maybe the line's <laughs> But okay, I also like the
2: sand I, line from Star Wars So I guess I'm just like a sucker for well, may, Bad okay, lines maybe the line line more than the <laughs> actual line itself Whatever yeah, Maybe yeah. the
1: line's actually good But the whole premise of why they were using that line was terrible like whatever. The I Punisher's was feeling great. that movie until they did that, and then the I was Punisher's like, "Punisher's
2: great, whatever. It's good, it, it fits. <laughs> Leave me alone."
1: <laughs> um. Final thought. Uh, I enjoy when he shows up because I know things are bad. I know people get to like. I know a lot of superheroes in Marvel, especially considering they seem to be more lighthearted in some cases, get basically thrown around
0: in the MCU. Not well. Like, I know. <laughs> Okay,
1: I'm trying to tell you literally because even though they're not, they have trouble, trouble spots. They're lighthearted, as in the whole part of way they do things. Of basically, Spider-Man does not kill anybody. Iron Man, for the most part, does not really kill anybody. Captain America does not kill anybody. Wasn't talking about they were jolly good people.
0: So, my final thoughts for uh for the Punisher are the same thoughts that I have for the Punisher series coming out. In all honesty. I think as I've gotten older, and with the state of everything right now, we need we need anti-heroes more than we need heroes right now. We need people who are actually going to find solutions. Um, I'm not advocating killing anybody, but it I feel at this point in my life, it feels really good to watch somebody who gets the job done and doesn't have like this... I know this is horrible but I'm just gonna save it and let it go and it can come back later to bite me in the ass like I just that's not my mindset anymore um, I still love my heroes but I'm excited for the Punisher because he's the hero I need right now Adrian
2: <laughs> no you can't be because Matt doesn't like that line
0: a <laughs> <is> stupid logic <laughs>
1: I don't care about the line the logic was terrible <laughs>
0: Do you want to share your final thoughts again?
1: Um, yeah, so, I mean, I, I, the anti-hero concept's really cool. I enjoy it. Um, the Punisher, like I said, when he shows up, it's pretty cool because you know things are pretty bad. He obviously challenges a lot of the actual heroes, per se, as we've said this entire podcast. And so, I mean, I'm excited for the show. We'll see what happens.
0: So, yeah. That's it. And, uh... So, as always, you can find the podcast at But Why Though PC on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook.com slash But Why Though PC. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Oh My Myth Adrian?
2: Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Super U P E R R U I Z93.
1: Matt? Uh, You can find me on Twitter at DATM18DATTM.
2: Adam, Adam, Dark Knight fans, do it. Get Get him,
0: him DCEU fans. <laughs>